Our Heavenly Father, we stand before your face now. And this is amazing. It's far, it's far beyond, beyond my mind and my heart. Why you have chosen us, why you love us so much. Who are we that you would love us so much and take such good care of us? Your beauty is everywhere. In the invisible, in the visible world, you are our creator, you created us. By your loving hand, you, you molded us and formed us. And my heart and my soul and my mind, are we, I, bind, I bound before you. And your word really penetrates our hearts. You come into the desert of our hearts and you plant awesome seeds of truth and love and power and you raise them up by the power of the Holy Spirit. Awesome fruit of the Holy Spirit. Peace that is beyond our understanding. Joy that comes over us in those moments of difficult times. You comfort us by your Holy Spirit. You give us power by your Holy Spirit. You open up new doors in life for us. So I bow down before you. And, and we all, we all who are here, we have such a great need to be comforted. Need of your joy. And you're the only source of comfort for us. Only in you our soul rests. And you draw us, you draw us into your life, closer to you. And today, here and now, is just a glimpse of the kingdom of God that we can feel, that we can uh, be a part of. And even such a little glimpse of your kingdom brings so much joy and power and blessings then how great is your kingdom when we're going to enter it? You created us in an awesome way. We're all different. But you put us together uh, in one body. And it's amazing. It's this amazing miracle. And I thank you, Lord, that you have brought us to here tonight because by studying your word in your word we meet all together with each other in you your word your truth sets us free from hatred from unforgiveness from envy from all kinds of evil that uh, attacks our souls And I know that we're not perfect. But I also know that your glory lives in us. And I believe that with an open face we behold your glory. We behold your glory. And we're being transformed from glory to glory by your Holy Spirit. 
into your image and we just glorify your name. And I want to bless my husband that you would bless him and use him and speak by your Holy Spirit through him the things that are important to us and open our ears and hearts that we would hear what you have to say to us. And I thank you, Lord, that we don't have to be that we don't have to know many languages to be able to love each other. We just love each other. In the name of Jesus Christ. And we pray, Jesus, pour out your glory upon us. And restore our souls. Thank you, Lord. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen. Hey, hallelujah. Yeah, praise God. We're a great team. You know, we're a great team. And it's, it's such a huge blessing to be able to see, you know, how God raises up people uh, in the knowledge of him, in love for him. And uh, the biggest reward for walking with the Lord and serving him is uh, your family that he puts together, your family that you see fall in love with the Lord even more, you know. And as I watch my wife throughout the years, I see how those seeds of God's calling, God's design for her talents and gifts, those seeds start to grow and bring some awesome fruit in our lives. And uh, the blessing is that we're far enough advanced in years to see the fruit of God's work in the lives of our children. Okay, like four years ago we came here and our and my our kids were just children, you know. And now our older son is twenty one years old, he's married, he's married to a beautiful Christian girl that loves the Lord, born, born again. She's a great musician, a professional violin player, you know. My our son Michael, he uh, taught himself all over the web to do uh, concept art, computer graphics, and now he works with a company that makes a Christian cartoon series, Superbook. You know, a lot of children grew up watching, you know, hand-painted hand Superbook series. Now they do computer graphics, and he works for them. Isn't it awesome? As a little kid, he, he would come to know the Lord through those things, you know, growing them, and now he's a part of a company that makes it. That's awesome. Praise God. God is good. Yeah, and our younger son, Elijah, he just graduated from Calvary Chapel Joshua Springs Christian School from high school. He graduated with straight A's, just one B plus. In, uh, and uh, he's, got, he's, eight, he's almost 18, and he's got a great Christian girl that loves the Lord, and they're dating. And when they grow up a little more, you know, they'll get married. And this is like, wow, God rewards us. And this is very important. As we walk with God, God, God rewards us in ways that people can't bless us. You see, God rewards us in ways that this world cannot reward you. So it's worth every effort and every penny and every gift and everything that you have, it is worth investing it into God, into your relationship with God, into your children and stuff. 
So, and another big blessing is comradeship. When you become a part of the body of Christ, when you, you see men that God raises up that love the Lord and walk in the Spirit, and, you, and as you serve the Lord, you know, you become a part of the kingdom of God, and you see uh, guys, you know, sacrificing and going, going forward and serving uh, full strength. And really, as Apostle Paul says, we uh, fight not like to fight air, but we fight to really expand the kingdom of God. And like back in Russia, there are some guys that, you know, real comradeship of brothers in arms whose life counts, who are involved in the battle in the kingdom of God. In Russia and here in the States too, like Calvary Chapel, Joshua Springs, these guys are a great blessing to us. You know, like uh, uh, Pastor Gerald, we've known him since 1994. And since 1997, uh, we've known Chris as our brother, you know. He came to, uh, Sveta and I, we've been a one year in the course of studies already when Chris and the gang that he brought from Hemet <laughs> came with him to the Bible college. It was like, it really looked like a gang, gang. And he's the gang leader right there, you know. And the thrust of this idea is not the gang, but the leader, okay. If someone is anointed, it's right there, okay. And in that group of people, you could tell he's the pack, the leader of the pack. I mean, he's the man that encountered God and who came to the Bible college to know God more, not along with the bandwagon, but for a purpose, okay? And as he's being drawn and motivated by by his personal encounter with God, other people see the fire. They see the reality of personal relationship of love with God. They, They sense the power, and they're being drawn to follow this man into something that he's got. And really... That is the pastoral ministry right there, okay? And really, that is evangelism. When you encounter God personally and you, you, you taste the life in the Holy Spirit and you're pumped and there is a, a force that lives within you, that drives you, okay? And other people start following. That's evangelism right there, you know, um, I grew up in uh, in a, in Soviet Union, and we didn't know anything about God. We did we had we knew nothing about God. You know, words like savior, like repent, sin. You know, Bible, the Bible. Those words, they meant nothing to us. Okay, and uh, but the Lord works in people who are clueless. The Holy Spirit, the Bible says, the Holy Spirit is sent into the world to minister to each and every one in this world, whether it's uh, in Africa, in the jungles of Africa, or in the desert, deserts of the Middle East, or in Soviet Union that's against God and stuff, or somewhere in the Mormon country, when every word is twisted and put a wrong meaning to it, okay? No matter what, the Holy Spirit is witnessing, okay? And that is the hope of salvation, for this world, because God is at work, and no matter how much Satan twists every notion, every word, the Holy Spirit is able to minister. The Holy Spirit is able to bring people to life. But it takes, you know, but it takes spirit-filled, 
born-again people to bring the gospel to those areas of life, you see? And even with the, uh, even uh, children in Christian homes, they grow up with all this vocabulary, all right? The Bible, salvation, born again, church, etc. You can go on, but the, for them, it's just, it's just a social club. It can be. I mean, some kids, I mean, God touches them in the womb of their moms, and from the very birth, I mean, they're uh, filled with the Holy Spirit, and they encounter God. And, you know, again, the, the key thing that the parents would know God personally and walk with them, all right? But for so many children, you know, Christianity is just a social club. It's a moral society. It's a safe haven in the evil world, etc. And it is, it takes time, even for the Christian kids. It takes time, and it takes personal encounter with God, okay, to really enter the kingdom of God, okay? It is possible, you know, knowing Apostle Paul, okay, and knowing his story of life, it is possible to be a believer in the true God, but be a persecutor of Jesus and of his people. He was a believer, not in an idol, You know, Apostle Paul, in his Pharisee years, when he was persecuting Christians, he was a believer in the true God. But still, he was a a persecutor of church and persecutor of Jesus Christ. Okay? So, and what changed? How How did his life change? Personal encounter with Jesus Christ on the road to Damascus. Okay? And that's what, in Galatians chapter 1, that's what he's talking about, you know, defending his faith, defending his Christianity. You know, he says, Paul, and let's do this. Galatians chapter 1, verses 1 through 5. And you have, if you have a notebook, which is good to bring a notebook to church, write things down, or have a wide margin Bible where you write notes and stuff, because you see, God wants to speak to you, okay? And you write those things down. It's important, all right? Okay? So, for the sake of time, you don't have to open every, like, passage I'm going to. Yeah, for the sake of time, yeah. You don't have to open every, you know, passage that we're going to read. But please, write it down, and then you can get, get, go over it uh, at your leisure time at home. But Galatians chapter 5, verses 1 through 5, The Bible says, Apostle Paul says, Paul, an apostle, an apostle not from men, nor through men, but through Jesus Christ and God the Father, who raised him from the dead. And all the brethren who are with me to the churches of Galatia, grace to you and peace from God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins, that he might deliver us from this present evil age, according to the will of our God and Father, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Okay? You see, Apostle Paul says that he's an apostle, not from men, nor through man, but through Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead. You see, Apostle Paul met the living God, Jesus Christ, and that is how he became an apostle. Okay? And there is a greeting here from the church uh, from his church to the churches of Galatia. And now, um, I'm happy to be here, and 
give you a greeting from Russian churches, okay? A Russian churches from the people who are in post-Soviet Russia, they encountered Jesus because you guys prayed for the Soviet Union. They encountered Jesus because you prayed for them over there in Russia. You guys are, you as a church are very, very important in the world, okay? You're very important. Your prayers are very important. You might not know it, but as you pray for people, you open their hearts for an encounter with the Holy Spirit, encounter with Jesus. And that is so important. There is the law of the free will, okay? God cannot break his purpose, and the purpose is that we would be free beings in this world. And he cannot break his purpose and force his love upon you. You see, love is something we're created for, and God cannot force it on you. It is impossible, impossible to force a relationship of love on people. So there is, a, there is this law of free will, but we people carry responsibility for each other. And as the four friends brought a paralyzed man before Jesus Christ, and seeing their faith, Jesus said, your sins are forgiven, and be healed, and walk. Okay? Same with us. You pray for Africa, and seeing you're like those friends that bring a paralyzed man, and people in the jungles of Africa get saved. All right? You've been praying for the Soviet Union, and God touched people, and they got saved. And I'm a witness of the revival in the 90s, right after the Soviet Union fell apart. You see, you guys have been praying for the North Korea and see what the Lord is doing there. You know, hallelujah. God works. You are important. You go to the children's ministry. You go to the youth group. You do your regular stuff as you walk with Jesus, and you are eternally important for people's souls, because God is using a, you. So it, I, we love you, and we thank you. And I pass this from the churches of Russia that met Jesus. And now, uh, Apostle Paul says he's not only a believer, but he's an apostle because he met Jesus, because he en encountered Jesus. And I tell you, God made you, God created you for a purpose. You are eternally important in this world. He created you to be maybe a mom, to be a dad, to be a minister, to be a missionary, to be uh, a car repair uh, person, to be a teacher, to be a driver, to be a farmer, to be a janitor, to be this and that. And God created, and you are so important, like a part of the body of Christ. But who are you? Who are you? What is the purpose? In what way God created you? It would be a mistake to evaluate the goodness of a fish by its ability to climb trees, right? You know, a fish is a very poor tree climber, you know. But a squirrel does it, does it great. Is the fish worse than a squirrel? No, because a squirrel can't really swim. The water is not for her. You see? And sometimes... You feel like you're useless. Sometimes you feel like uh, your life doesn't matter, you know. And you try to measure up to the society around you, to the expectations of people. But hey, measure it up to God's calling. But you need to meet Jesus to find out who you really are, to find the happiness and power and strength in life, you know. Paul the Apostle 
And who are you? You know, I really love you guys. Svete and I, we love you. You know, you are important to us. And as we come here, uh, we want to bless you. Okay, we want you to be really blessed. And the best we can do to bless you is to help you encounter God, is to help you meet with Jesus face to face because that's when real blessings start coming into your life. Okay? Uh, back in Russia, in our church, we have uh, an international students' church, African, basically it's all African. And these guys are funny, you know. We have uh, Nehemiah, he's uh, one of the, he's the pastor of this African church in Russian church in Russia, okay? <laughs> you know, that's how God works, you know. And he's, he's funny. He says, you know, Pastor Vlad, you need to really, like, get hard on those Africans, you know, because Africans need a cane. You need, they need a whip. They need to be, like, really whipped into the Christianity. And I'm like... Nehemiah, do you need a cane? He's like, no. Well, your job is to bring to the people, your African people, that what drives you. You need to bring them what you have. You don't need a cane. You're going for it. You got the fire. You got the power in you, all right? So get this and pray with God to bring it over to the people of Africa. You see? And I tell you this. If you don't, if you have never met Jesus, the only thing that's going to drive you in life is fear, a cane, a whip. God's going to punish me, okay? Uh, I have some things to enjoy, so I have to work for it. I have to prove to God. And you're driven by, driven by fear, you know, because that's what law brings into your life, fear. It brings uh, accusation. It brings oppression of guilt, right? And outwardly, people can look very nice, like Mormons, for example. I mean, they're good people. They're very nice people. And so in many, in, in many situations, they're honestly trying to do their best, but they're driven by guilt. They're driven by fear. They're driven by a whip because there's only one way how Peace and grace and love comes into your life. There's one way. There's no other way. And this way has a name to it, Jesus Christ. All right? Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son, the true God, Trinity, one God in nature, three persons. You know, that's how God chooses to live in this world. That's how God chooses to function in eternity. All right? And through the knowledge of Jesus Christ only, you can get set free. A very good man, John 3.16, we all know that, you know, we all know that passage in the Gospel of John, chapter 3, and you can read verses 1 through 20, okay, at home. We're not going to do it now, all right? But a very good man who tried hard all his life to, to be a good man, to find the fullness of love, of life. And that is Nicodem. He was a Pharisee, and Pharisees worked really, really hard. It was like their lifestyle to be good people, to build a life that they can be proud of, you know. But 
he did not see a real change in his life. He, he, Nicodemus, he always saw that behind his goodness, there's always some evil he cannot conquer. Okay? And that's the problem of honest people that never met God. Okay? As they advance in years, they get disillusioned with themselves. And they either have to settle for less and just keep the facade with some death in them and guilt, or they will have to break out of this either into surrendering your life to Jesus Christ and receiving a new birth, or into lawlessness and saying, you know, I'll be honest to myself, I can't make it. I cannot be a good person. I don't want to be a hypocrite, so I'm not going to keep the facade going. I'm just going to be open about this, you know, and drink and, and booze and be crazy and, you know, go into lawlessness of all kinds just, just because I want to be an honest man, you know. And that is exactly that you're stuck with without Jesus Christ. Either you're a hypocrite and you have a facade and you know there's death in your life, and you can't overcome it, and you're just stuck with it, no matter how much you try, all right? And a lot of parents are that way, okay? Either legalism or lawlessness, where you cannot overcome the passions of your life, and you just go for it. Why keep the facade? Why be a hypocrite? And a lot of children are that way, okay? Why do people rebel? Because they see the hypocrisy. So without Jesus Christ, you're stuck with This or that. But there is, praise be to God, there is a a way of a real change in your life, of a real victory. And that is what Jesus Christ is telling Nicodemus here. And he says, verse 3, John 3, chapter, verse 3, Jesus says to him, Most assuredly I say to you, Unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? It's like he's thinking materially. He's thinking carnally. Born again? And I mean, he's a teacher of Israel, but his mind is so stuck into the material stuff that he's like, okay, my mom's dead. How do you get born again? I mean, you can't go into the womb again, and it's kind of ugly anyways, you know. You know, how do you do this? Oh, man, this is crazy. And so, but so many times we're stuck in life, but we're stuck in the realm of material, in the realm of natural, and we say, I mean, we're stuck. There's no way out. You can't, I can't change my life. I can't figure a way out of this situation. And Jesus says, you must, you must think spiritually. And uh, being stuck in your sin... You know, there's, there's only one problem in this life, and that's sin, separation from God. The rest is just a challenge. Please put it in your mind. There's only one problem, a real problem in your life, and that's sin, separated from God. The rest is just a challenge, okay? And once you're connected with God, he's stronger than all the challenges in this world. And you ain't got the problem. The problem is sin, okay? With God, even death, okay, is a, is a challenge that is, has been overcome, okay? Disease, sickness, lack of money, 
you know, you know, jobs, etc. It's all in God's hands if you are set free from the real problem, and that is sin. Sin, you're a child of devil, okay? How do you become a child of God, overcome this problem of sin? You must be born again, and we're not talking material stuff. Material stuff, you know, crawling back into your mama's womb, okay? That does not solve the problem of sin. Uh, doing secret rites and bringing money into the church, material stuff, you don't get born again. You know, being faithful to come to church and sit in the, in the pew and listen to the preaching is material stuff. It can't be material stuff. It's not going to save you, all right? And, and on, just reading the Bible, saying prayers, if it just stays in the material realm, it's just you, uh, uh, a flesh, a carnal man, doing something for God in the material realm, it's not going to change anything, okay? Spiritual. You must be born again. Uh, verse 6. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Okay, and, and 3.16, we skip a little bit and go to chapter 3. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already. Because he, why he is condemned? Why is condemnation upon people? Because that person has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is condemnation, that the light has come into the world. And men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. You see, personal encounter with Jesus Christ. Asking Jesus Christ to become your Lord and Savior and trusting that God can change your life through that. I mean, I did not know what those words meant. Okay, being a post-Soviet kid in a post-Soviet Russia, you know, being completely clueless, but I saw a reality of personal relationship of love with God and the missionaries that came, and I was drawn to that by the Holy Spirit, and I said, whatever the consequences are, and whatever that means of me meeting with this Jesus, and giving him freedom to rule my life, let it be. I want a change of my, in my life, okay? And Sveta and I, we really love this church. And God has a purpose for this church. We want you to be faithful. We want you to prosper. We love Lydia and Chris, and we want them to prosper. And the, the best we can do for you now is to bring to you this message that without a personal encounter with Jesus Christ, without being born again, you guys, as a church, are going to die. You're not going to move on. You're not going to develop as a church. You're not going to prosper. Each and every one of you, it's not enough to love church. It's not, eno it's not enough to support Christian leading. It's not enough for you to do your best, okay? Because what it takes, it's, it takes a miracle for each and every one of you and for this church to prosper and to be a mighty witness in this community. It takes you meeting God personally. It takes you being born from above. You see, it takes you not earning your position in heaven, not earning your position in this church, not earning the blessings of this world, but surrendering to Jesus Christ. And you must, no matter how much you've been doing religious stuff, you must come to Jesus Christ tonight, today, 
and tell him, and they just talk to him and say, whatever the consequences will be, but I want to be born again. I give you freedom, Jesus Christ. I, I give you control of my, over my soul, over my mind, over my life, and that's when you will prosper and God will be proud of you. Okay? You talk to him. With that, and that's when carnal, that was born of the flesh, will be born of the spirit. Okay? That is how the sin is overcome. So it's a challenge. God challenges to us. And so many words said, and I have a few more words to say, but so many words said, amen? amen. Okay. And it is easy for us to say amen with our lips. But then you have to apply it. You have to make a step in your personal life. Let's make a step. Let's pray right now all together. Talk to God the things that I was talking about. Okay? Lord Jesus, you died for us on the cross, and we do believe that. We do believe that by our power, in our carnal, fleshly efforts, we cannot change our lives. We cannot bring a good change into the lives that the people of we lo- that we love. Okay? We're doomed without this miracle of being born again, without this miracle of being forgiven. We believe that on the cross, you died in our place. On the cross, you took upon yourself the punishment for every bad stuff that I've done, thought, or failed to do. Good thing that I failed to do. We're guilty, and I admit that. I can't change my life. I will end up in hell without this miracle of forgiveness. You paid for it, Jesus, on the cross. You, have, you bought the right to forgive every sinner in this world, including me. I believe in that. I confess that before you. And I believe in that, and I trust you. And today, I ask you, Jesus Christ, be the master, the Lord of my life. I give it into your hands, whatever the consequences are. Whatever the consequences and the price of this decision is, I'm yours, no matter. I trust you. You have the power over me now, and change me, save me, lead me now into the goodness and the fullness of your design. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, our Heavenly Father. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. And then, as you give him freedom and freedom to do in your life whatever he wants, you just respond, okay? You respond to what God wants to do, to the leading of the Holy Spirit, okay? Now, you're sitting in this, in this church, and uh, what do the zeros mean? <laughs> <laughs> What does it mean? Okay. Yeah, it's got to be two more minutes because we've got to rescue the kids from the children's room. Okay. All right. So, you're sitting here now, and you want to be a better Christian. And you say, I don't know how to do a better Christian. Okay? Uh, You don't know how to make yourself a better Christian, but you do know what to do to grow as a, as a better Christian, okay? So just obey God. Just respond to what the Holy Spirit is speaking to you now. You know, if the Lord says forgive, forgive. Go to that person and obey. Do, make that first step. 
If the Lord says sacrifice, sacrifice. If the Lord says read your Bible, read your Bible. If your Lord says pray, pray, but not to make yourself better, but to obey God in relationship with God, okay? And those things will start bringing the fruit by the power of the Holy Spirit, okay? Uh, Book of Acts, chapter 1, verse 8, and we'll finish there. This is the last. I got more, but, you know. The biggest challenge of preaching is the goodness of God and the plan of God is so awesome. It's just impossible to stuff it into half hour, you know, cram it into half hour, you know. So that is why Apostle Paul was going all through the night teaching the Bible because he had so much to say. So many preachers, they don't have much to say, you know. To be a good preacher, you have to be born again. To be a good preacher, you have to be, to, to be touched by God, to have an encounter with God. To be a good preacher, you have to be filled with the Holy Spirit and with the Word of God, all right? Amen to that? Oh, somebody sneezed. Amen, brother. So Acts chapter 1, verse 8, the Bible says Jesus talks to the disciples, and that's before, right before his departure to heaven. So that's a key to success right there, okay? Uh, Jesus says, verse 8, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth, okay? So that's the key. You have to be baptized by the Holy Spirit. You have to be filled with the Holy Spirit. You have to be transformed by the Holy Spirit to be able to, and that is how you receive the power to be able to be what? To behave like wacko. Ah, I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. You know, <laughs> like with the African church, it's like, I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. And they start rolling on the floor and just doing all kinds of crazy stuff and screaming and yelling. And I'm like, I, I go, guys, have you ever seen Jesus do that? <laughs> you never see Jesus do that. And the Holy Spirit is sent to witness about Jesus strictly. That's his job, to deliver to you the the image of Jesus Christ. Have you seen Jesus do that? No. Why are you doing this? I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. No, you're filled with flesh or whatever. You know? And I'm filled with the Holy Spirit, and I speak like crazy. And it's like, do you ever talk to your, like, uh, regular dead in that way? Do children come to you through their father, like earthly father, and they like, ah, I speak like this. No. You speak like normal. Well, sometimes you're emotional. That's fine. But you don't have to, like, act crazy, you know, to be, like, I'm filled with the Holy Spirit, you know. You receive power to be like Jesus, to be a good witness of Jesus Christ. So, and you need that. And God has so much for you. You know, Calvary Chapel is awesome, you know. And not, not to say that other churches are not awesome. Like, my wife is the most beautiful woman in the world for me. Okay? And it's no, never going to change. My children are the best. I'm, I'm proud of them. You know, your children are the best too. And those things work together just fine. Okay? So, uh, I was going with that somewhere. <laughs> anyway, so God has so much for you. God has so much for you. Calvary Chapel is awesome. That's where I was going, you know. Not, you know, to say anything bad about other churches, but there is a unique balance, okay, of focus on Jesus Christ 
and teaching the Word of God right through, that is so important, okay? But there is a balance to that. We believe in the fullness of the gifts and importance of the being led by the Holy Spirit in our ministry, okay? That is so important because without the power of the Holy Spirit, without the gifts of the Holy Spirit, even with all the knowledge of the Bible, we're not going to get anywhere. Even focusing on Jesus Christ, without the power and the moving of the Holy Spirit, you can't get anywhere. So the church, the early church, we see it's got two feet. It was walking strong. One feet is like give us strength to be faithful to preach your word everywhere, to be faithful to preach the word. That's one foot. Another foot is as you stretch out your hand to do signs and wonders and miracles in the name of Jesus Christ, we trust you'll do that, all right? Two, two feet, two wings to fly, all right? Our commitment to the word and to the person of Jesus Christ, to relationship with him, that's our stuff to do. That's one, one, one wing. And another wing where we fly, with which we fly, is the Holy Spirit will lead us. The Holy Spirit will give us power. We trust into him, okay? And now, like, I speak in tongues. I do. But not to show anyone that I'm spiritual. But when there are challenges that my mind cannot, I cannot wrap my mind around some emotions, around some challenges, around some things in my life, and I don't even know how to pray about that, and that's when tongues come in. And I start praying in tongues. And sometimes I'm so in love with God and so caught up in emotions, I want to worship God, I don't have the words. So that's when tongues come in. Not to just like parade it, like, ah, blah, 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 blah. You look, check, out, check me out, I'm so spiritual. But it's my relationship with God, you see? I do believe in healings. I do believe in miracles. And it comes, I mean, I love people so much, but I can do so little with my words and with my hands. And that's when faith and the power of the Holy Spirit to change people's lives and to heal and to help and to provide comes in. And with the fullness of faith into miracles of God, into the mighty work of the Holy Spirit, I pray for people. There's so little I can do with my hands. My children, they're independent now. Without the gift of prayer, without the gift of faith in the Holy Spirit being able to, 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 to save them, I mean, to, to help them, how do you live? I mean, it's a sad world. We must believe in the power of the Holy Spirit, okay? We must be praying at all times because it's a, it's a privilege. Okay, so I bless you guys now today to be faithful, to focus on Jesus. He's the only way. If you don't walk with Jesus, it's either legalism or lawlessness. So I bless you to know Jesus personally, to walk with him on the foundation of the word of God right through. Do it. And I bless you guys to walk in the fullness of the power and anointing and being born again of the Holy Spirit because with your strength, even with all the desire to be committed, you won't do nothing, all right? You'll be disappointed, but I do want you guys to prosper. So God bless this balance that we have here in this church, and I know you will prosper because you do have it. So let's pray. Dear Lord, we love you so much, but we confess we're just sinners, and without your power, without the gift of the Holy Spirit, without being born again, we, we can't do nothing. No matter how much we love, our neighbor and you, we cannot do much. Without you, we can do nothing. But today, by faith, we claim the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And today, I pray for my brothers and sisters now 
that you would baptize each and every one of being here with your Holy Spirit and the fullness of the gifts of the Holy Spirit would be revealed in them. Bless them, Father, as you have blessed us. And use us to bring the good news of salvation and the gift of being born again and baptized in the Holy Spirit to our communities, Father. We thank you, Jesus. In your name we pray and claim your promises. Amen.